the see the people around me and know that we're just here for a moment, just a moment in time, really. Mike Perini's coming up. He's going to talk to you about all the food we get to eat while we're clothed in this skin. Yet another reason to feel gratitude. Next week, hopefully Ali will be back. Try to remember we're all related. Mitako Yasin. Coming up next, Mike Perini. Pandora's Lunchbox. Aho. A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox and WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. This is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, and this may be perhaps the most wide-ranging show about food we've ever done. This this show may actually cover three to four billion miles in its path in just a half an hour. So strap in and get ready for a ride, everybody. Get ready. This is a sad song. This is The Carousel of the Planets by Perry and Kingsley. But now there's one less planet, sort of. Pluto is now not a planet, but a dwarf planet. And perhaps you're thinking, what does this have to do with food? I'm thinking the same thing, but we'll get to that. First of all, Pluto, Pluto, Pluto. Okay, that's good that I stumbled on it because we're going to talk about Pluto and Pluas and Pleas and Pluots and Plutocracy, possibly, if we have time for it. Okay, here's the deal. This is from the Scientific American, and this just happened. After a week of contentious debate, a small cluster of astronomers has voted to demote Pluto from its planetary status. Rejecting an expansive definition proposed by a special committee, the astronomers of the International Astronomical Union, the IAU, defined a planet as a celestial body that orbits around the sun, has sufficient mass to become round, and has, quote, cleared the neighborhood around its orbit. The neighborhood, man. There goes the neighborhood. On the strength of puny Pluto's inability to dominate nearby Neptune, puny Pluto and nearby Neptune, I like that, whose orbit it crosses as well as to clear out the Kuiper belt of many Pluto-sized objects, it fails to qualify as a planet under the new definition. We made a mistake 76 years ago, says Mike Brown, an astronomer at the California Institute of Technology, who created the need for a stricter definition through his discovery of several massive objects in orbits beyond Pluto's. I thought that people would be too scared to demote Pluto. It is the right scientific decision, he says. The IAU has designated Pluto as the first of a new category of objects still searching for a name, with Pluton rejected, and I hear that it was rejected because Pluton is actually the name for Pluto in several other languages, and Plutonian, defined by the dictionary as relating to Pluto or an inhabitant of the netherworld, struggling for acceptance. 
Wow, this is getting really psychological here. The icy globe has been given, for now at least, the designation Dwarf Planet, which is basically any round object that is not a planetary satellite and has failed to clean up its orbital path. Pluto, you better clean up your orbital path or no ice cream for you! Yeah. Okay, so uh, in addition to this, this is also very traumatic because the Smithsonian Institution's National Air and Space Museum will have to decide how to rearrange this Explore the Planets exhibition and what to do about its most important feature, a song called The Family of the Sun. Sung to the tune of The Farmer in the Dell, the song was designed to help young children learn about and memorize the names of the nine planets. And it goes in this line, Pluto's last in line, it's farthest from the sun, it's small and cold and icy too, to land there won't be fun. We're going to have to do something about that, ladies and gentlemen. But here's something else we're going to have to change, this particular song that goes something like this. This is called The Planet Minuet. High above us, way up yonder, planets wander through the starry skies. While we gaze at them and ponder, they just wander on. Stars appear to blink and twinkle, but the planets have a steady glow. Are the stars and planets different, and what makes them so? starry skies while we gaze at them and ponder they just wander on which is the biggest jupiter which is the brightest venus which one has a ring saturn which one is most likely to support life mars which one is nearest the sun mercury which is the one we love the best good old mother earth High above us, way up yonder, planets wander through the starry skies. While we gaze at them and ponder, they just wander on. Well, that's well, that's a fortunate development. It seems like this is really kind of strange, actually. The forces of the uh, international astronomical union seem to have gone back in time and edited that song so that any reference to Pluto has been taken out. That's convenient and a little creepy, but this is uh, from the collection Space Songs by Tom Glazer and Dottie Evans, from Ballads for the Age of Science by High Zarrett and Lou Singer. These are the guys who also did The Sun is a Mass of Incandescent Gas, Why Does the Sun Shine, which was later done by They Might Be Giants. And all this discussion about what to call these planets and things, Pluto is now a dwarf planet, Okay, and there's also talk of something called Plutonian objects. Now, I've heard also that the conservative websites have become abuzz now with the thought of Plutonium objects, and, you know, they're trying to lobby the White House to um, declare war on the Kuiper Belt, and I just made that up. I hope. So, anyway, this is Pandora's Lunchbox's show about food. We'll get back to Pluto in just a moment. In the meantime, something that's actually going on a little closer to home (laughs) in Ann Arbor right now, the Ann Arbor Farmer's Market at this very moment has a yard sale at the Farmer's Market. They call it Trunkapalooza. It's not the first they've had, but it's happening right now through 8 o'clock. So if you want to go there, take your transistor radio, 
point it towards Mars and Pluto or wherever else you want to point it. Take this show with you and go go look for trunks and things like that. They've got this trunk of Palooza is something where the vendors come and they pay a certain fee, and some of that fee goes to the Humane Society of Huron Valley and to the HIV-AIDS Resource Center, so the money is for a good cause. Right now at the Ann Arbor Farmer's Market till 8 o'clock this evening is, <clears throat> excuse me, Trunkapalooza, a yard sale. Now let's hear something else. First of all, Pluto, P-L-U-T-O. Well, I was walking through a certain really gargantuous and ginormous store that specializes in healthy and organic foods. Can you guess which one really enormous, gigantuan, giganturomerinous store? But anyway, I noticed these lovely little fruits that I thought were called pluos. I thought, ooh, pluos, they must be French. P-L-U-O-T. See if you take Pluto and switch the last two letters around, you get pluos, right? So they're called pluos. Oh, that's lovely. And they're pretty and they're small and they've got nice little specks on them and they've got a lovely deepish purple color, kind of like outer space, you know what I mean? And they they tasted really good. They were very sweet. Uh, Only to find out, just as we have found out, that Pluto is not a planet but a dwarf planet. A pluo is not actually a pluo but a pluot. It's a pluant in the Midwestern vernacular, a pluant, and not nearly as majestic in its name as the pluo that I named it before. I might just go on calling it a pluo and thinking of Pluto as a planet, but nonetheless, this pluat or pluat is actually a hybrid of other thingies. What other kind of other thingies, you might wonder? Well, I, I read this commentary by this fellow called Pete Peterson, and he was of the Newhouse News Service, and he's talking about fruit stone fruit hybrids which i think is also the name of a band stone fruit hybrids and so far he's seen plum cots which is a combination plum and apricot pluo sorry i want to call it pluos it's so flinch pluats which is a plum cot and a plum okay this is just strange you take a plum and an apricot create a plum cot then you combine that with another plum and you get delicious okay and then you have apriums which I'm sure that the ancient Romans loved. Apriums, the plum cot and the apricot combined. They're somewhat sweeter than the average plum and less inclined to extremes in flavor pitch, it says here. So if you've ever held one up to your ear and listened closely to the pitch, usually in E minor, it pretty much stays in the same tone. You know, so that's that's the tone of a... a yeah. So looking up the varieties of the pluot, pluat, there are quite a few varieties. In fact, they're named Blue Gusto, which is large, medium sweet with yellow flesh. Candy stripe, medium, pink, yellow striped with very sweet and juicy flesh. The cherry pluot, and this is just getting confusing. So you have, okay, you want a cherry pluot, and this is something that's a combination of plum cut, which is a combination plum and apricot, and a plum, and it's named cherry. Sure, why not? And the dapple dandy, very nice. This large, sweet, with pale green to yellow, red spotted skin, red or pink juicy flesh. And now we're getting pretty fancy here. The flavorella, the flavorella pluat, the flavor grenade, okay. The flavor grenade. Now, we were talking a moment ago about uh, plutonian objects of mass destruction, and now we have the flavor grenade. So I think there's actually some kind of conspiracy going on here. Flavor heart, the flavor king. Flavorosa, Flavorama, just, okay, Flavorosa, it's a Flavorosa, the Flavor Prince, the Flavor Rich, are you getting a, a theme here? The Flavor Queen, I think I saw him in a club in New York, and uh, the Hand Grenade, which is large, oblong shape, sweet and juicy flesh. The Hand Grenade, Pluat, which is also a weapon of 
mass deliciousness. So this is all very interesting and makes me think of this song right here. It was very apt to fray. And what was last night scenic may seem cynic by today. The play's not done. Oh no, not quite. For life never ends in the moonlit night. And despite what pretty poets say, the night is only half the day. So we would like to truly finish what was foolishly begun. For the story is not ended. And the play is never done until we've all of us been burned a bit. And burnished by the sun. This plum is too ripe. Sorry. Please don't watch me while I'm eating. Sorry. You were about to drown that magnolia. Sorry. hard to whap you in the ear like it. That's the uh, soundtrack to the Fantastics, actually the original cast recording of the Fantastics. And this plum is too ripe. And you could also call it, this pluot is not French. Okay, so we're talking about Pluto and the Pluots, which is a children's story that has yet to be written. Pluots, that is the 
creepy and yet so delicious combination of plum cots, which are a combination of plum and apricot, and another plum. You get pluots. Mm-hmm. Trying to look them up in the dictionary, but actually, as a matter of fact, they are a copyrighted term, and so there is no dictionary word in the Merriam-Webster website. But they had some suggestions for pluot. If you were looking for that word, they had pult, which is a young turkey. Now, wouldn't that sound good? A hybrid of a young turkey and a plum and a apricot. Mmm, that sounds good. Also, they have pilot, pull-out, pollute, pull-out. They have two pull-outs, one with two words, one with one. Plate, play-out, plotty, and... Pluto. It's so sad. Pluto is now a dwarf planet, not a planet. It's in its own little Plutonian purgatory. Anyway, nonetheless, moving right along, some exciting news. If you've ever wanted to go to Mumbai and go to a restaurant named after a dictator, well, you've lost your chance. This just in from the Associated Press today. The owner of a restaurant named after Adolf Hitler said today he will change his name, change its name because it angered so many people. Punit Sablok said he would remove Hitler's name and the Nazi swastika from billboards and the menu. He had said the restaurant's name, Hitler's Cross, and symbols were only meant to attract attention. And it really did. Sablok made the decision after meeting with members of Bombay's small Jewish community. Once they told me how upset they were with the name, I decided to change it, he said. I don't want to do business by hurting people. Sablok said he had not yet decided on a new name. Hitler's Cross opened five days ago and serves pizza, salad, and pastries in Navi, Mumbai, a suburb of Bombay, also known as Mumbai. Let me repeat that. Bombay is also known as Mumbai, and this is in the suburb called Navi, Mumbai. Today, Bombay's Jewish community welcomed Sablok's decision to rename his restaurant. He realized he made a mistake and listened to reason, said Elijah Jacob, a community leader. Some people have wrong conceptions of history, and he realized it was not appropriate. Bombay's Jews have called the theme of the restaurant offensive and demanded a name change. There are about 5,500 Jews in India, with about 4,500 of them living in Bombay. I never wanted to hurt people's feelings, said Sablok. The swastika symbol, which was appropriated by the Nazis, was originally an ancient Hindu symbol and is displayed all over India to bring luck. And it's a very confusing story there. But nonetheless, the restaurant called Hitler's Cross in on the outskirts of Mumbai will now have a name change. And there was a rather ironically comical interview with the owner of the restaurant the other day on the BBC where they were asking him about it. And the, the commentator was saying, so why did you name it Hitler? I mean, don't you worry about people will think about a restaurant named after Adolf Hitler? And he said, no, it's Hitler. It's just a surname. Right out of Monty Python, something like that. But also, he said, well, you know, you had posters of Hitler in the window when you were when you were advertising the place. And he said, that's what I've heard, but it's not really true. And you could go to Reuters on the web and look at pictures of that picture of Hitler and painting of Hitler in front of the restaurant. And, well, the good news is he's decided to change the name to something more sensible. Art, science, food, and all of that, all of it brought to you by the following sponsor. <laughs> I can solve any problem that comes along. I'm a genius and a wonder. What a strain I'm under. When I'm scientifically, most terrifically, mathematically, most emphatically, absolutely wrong. When you're scientifically, most terrifically, mathematically, most emphatically, absolutely wrong. Now, as I see the problem today, I'm not familiar with this new type of equipment like the Chickasaurus. Side by side, I'm a guide to rough and ready. 
mind No stranger to the danger that may come along To the danger that may come along When I give my advice, my brainy advice I never think more than once or twice To be scientifically, most terrifically, mathematically Most emphatically, absolutely wrong To be scientifically, most terrifically, mathematically Most emphatically, absolutely wrong Rough and ready, I wouldn't exactly know what to say in this. In a submarine scene with up and ready, Gizmo running from the gun to Captain Greedy, and he is still going strong. But he gives advice, his brainy advice, and he never thinks more than once or twice to be scientifically, most horrifically, mathematically, most emphatically, absolutely wrong. Now, I've been to universities to get my knowledge in almost every college. Together with a thousand degrees, that's BSMS, PhDs. And a million XYZs. So whenever Gizmo is along, he is scientifically, most terrifically, mathematically, most emphatically, absolutely wrong. Meet Professor Gizmo, the man with a million degrees. I've got a hundred BSMS, PhDs. And a thousand million XYZs. Whoa, I just got whiplash there. Excuse me. Ouch. That was uh, Professor Gizmo from the album Huckleberry Hound and Rough and Ready, going back all the way to 2000. No, it's actually somewhere about 50-odd years ago. And we've had to do a lot of revising. You know, that song, the the, the guy who, he, he, in fact, Professor Gizmo is the one who decided that Pluto was a planet, and now he says he's most definitely scientifically wrong, because it's not a planet. It's a dwarf planet. It's a Plutonian object, and again, the conservative websites, that's not a plutonium object. No need to divert attention away from Iran to Pluto. Anyway, there's something that I, I want you to know and to understand, that I've been hypnotized and um, brainwashed by spam emails. Spam is food. Spam emails don't taste so good. But nonetheless, it seems like it's time for us to find ways to make the best of spam emails. You know, if you get lemons, make lemonade. If you get spam, make spamade. You know, just take some spam and squeeze it in a something and add some sugar and i'm sorry i'm terribly sorry but here we go. this is my proposal better education through spam emails that's what i'm promoting right now that sounds like a subject line for a spam email in fact better education through spam emails in fact i've taken some spam email subject lines and information and decided to educate myself with that information i'm going to in fact do that and, and while i'm doing that i'm going to put some music on to i think inspire me and all of us in fact around this this wonderful burb and here we go this is some perry kingsley this is called cosmic ballad <laughs> Yes, I think that's appropriate mood music house here. Um, I just want to mention I got a few emails from, oh yeah, some of my favorite non-existent people. Drizzliest F Overcompensated sent me an email, and so did Atonement J Nabob, two good friends of mine. I also got an email from Chai Chin, and the subject line was, Your Money, Paper Mulberry. And so I thought to myself, what is paper mulberry? So I looked it up. Paper mulberry, a deciduous tree with milky sap that grows to a maximum height of about 45 feet. The fruits are reddish purple to orange, up to one inch in diameter, and appear in summer. This one I got from a fellow named, or a woman, I don't know, named Blaine Bailey. And the email subject line was, better future weather beaten. Gee, thanks a lot. Well, the next one from Bobby Coley was, better future wood cudweed. 
And I really don't know what wood cudweed is, except that perhaps cows chew it. But in fact, wood cudweed is a weedy perennial of north temperate regions having woolly foliage and dirty white flowers and a leafy spike. Also got from Curtis McIntyre. Better success, wax-headed. Excuse me. Well, actually, wax-headed dolls were popular from the 1850s to the 1930s. This is from a website I forgot to mention. These dolls have a much more realistic look than the glazed china dolls, and their facial features were usually very detailed. Some wax-headed dolls were models of famous people, such as kings and queens. Real hair was often inset into the wax head. They also reflected the fashions of the time. So actually, it's kind of flattering, really. Then we have Nancy Lyles. This is another spam email. The subject line is Better Life Willow Wand. What we have from the Willow Wand, what is Willow Wand? This is from whitemagic.com. I looked this up. The wand is the instrument of invocation of spirits. Its element is air. Its archangel is Raphael. This is a sacred willow wood wand cut upon a waxing moon. It symbolizes the life force within the witch. All righty then. So moving along, we also had a spam email from Bert Roland, Burl, Burl as in Burl Lives, Burl Roland, and the subject line was Better Future, White Heart Hickory. Well, White Heart Hickory to you, buddy. A White Heart Hickory is in fact a smooth-barked North American hickory tree with seven to nine leaflets bearing a hard-shelled edible nut. And the text of this White Heart Hickory email was as followed. Redrick didn't reply. That's a mistake, he thought dispassionately. Nobody to, sh- nobody to shoot at in the zone. Give it to me. That makes about as much sense as it needs to make, doesn't it? So we're here reading spam emails, and I just want to take a moment to read the text of this email. The person who wrote it is named Climbing. Their name is Climbing, and the subject line is Anger Condemned. And I thought, okay, I condemn anger. Anger's not good. So we're going to read this email here and see if we can find some lessons from this. Block searches, whole note, corner, spotlight, composers, reviews, logged in. Login, Honey from Tombs, A.B. Millen, Matthew Locke, Broken Stylish Century, Blair Sanderson, Scrapes, Clicks, Squeals, Drones, Crashes, Tapes, Computers, Noise. These sonic tools, Century. Come inside, explore modern sound. Way complete now, volume AMG, staff, latest editors, worked summer crawls, close. Stealthy, stealthy grooves, DJ named Cassie Bubblegum Pop. Bicycles, gritty, old crow medicine, psych, wide, exciting sight sounds. Remember, recently stuff. Here's users, few festivals, remaining triumphs, traumas. Black page, free online browse, all ads, post, contract us. Nightlife menus, advertise daily online displays. John is in a basement, mixing up the medicine. Full of black 
spam email is the new Dylan. Only Dylan is a lot better. It's been Pandora's Lunchbox for at least a half an hour. I've been Mike for at least half that time. That was Bob Dylan's Subterranean Homesick Blues. And Arulf is here to help us to face the music in just a moment. Thank you to all of those listening out in Pluto. No offense. We really think you're very cool. (laughs) Cool. That's good. And uh, we're going to get out of here with a little bit more from the Fantastics. This is my my nomination for National Anthem because Arwolf often talks about National Anthems and this is my nomination thereof. From the Fantastics, this is Plant a Radish. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being what you are. And I've been Mike and this is WCBN, FM, and Arbor and all that. Why I love vegetables, you know what you're about. Plant a turnip, get a turnip, maybe you'll get two. That's why I love vegetables, you know that they'll come through. They're dependable, they're befriendable. They're the best pals a parent's ever known. While with children, it's bewildering. You don't know until the seed is nearly grown Just what you sown So plant a carrot, get a carrot, not a Brussels sprout <laughs> That's why I love vegetables, you know what you're about Life is merry if it's very vegetarian A man who plants a garden is a very happy man